Monumental hypocrisy. The Roman Catholic Church has been the greatest persecutor of both Jews and Christians the world has ever seen, and has martyred far more Christians than even pagan Rome or Islam. She has been exceeded only by Mao and Stalin, but they hardly claim to be acting in Christ's name. Catholic Rome has no rival among religious institutions in qualifying as the woman who is, quote, drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. This is for his namesake. Hello, hello. Welcome to Forrest Namesake. So, I've decided to go ahead and jump in here and uh, <clears throat> go ahead and do another episode for you folks who are listening. And uh, pray that it blesses you. And um, with, uh, not really impulsive, prayerful, but uh, no doubt ready to go ahead and uh, move forward with an idea that I've had for a little bit. Um, you know, growing up in a, growing up, I mean like, from the time I've been like, you know, 28, not exactly growing up since I was a child, of course, necessarily, but um, all the same, nonetheless, in the 11 years I've now known the Lord, there's been a few things in my walk that I've just never second-guessed. Uh, call it because of good teaching or discernment or, or just, uh, uh, you know, Holy Spirit-filled um, conviction, whatever the case may be, or just quite simply knowing the Bible. Um, there's been few things that I have not had to, you know, second guess or think about or whatever the case concerning a matter of um, how I feel about, I don't even feel about, but what I know about um, certain uh, religious movements. Uh, and and the, the thing of it is, you know, whether it's been from Mormonism to Jehovah's Witness to Seventh-day Adventism to Buddhism to a number of other isms and schisms, um, that I've just never had to guess whether or not they were absolutely not Christian uh, and that they needed the gospel just as much as the rest of us. And they need Jesus like everybody else. But there's one um, cult that seems to get a pass. And I can see why. I can see why people have, you know, maybe tie sentimental things uh, to this cult. Why perhaps maybe... They figure because there's been some good done in the world because of it that it should get a pass or or whatever the case might be. Um, for some people, they grew up in it, and so it's just hard for them to understand the, this possibility. Maybe they've known people and, and, and that have been in this cult, and so they're sentimental towards it or whatever the case might be. Um, <clears throat> but it is undoubtedly, historically, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, according not to my opinion, but the Word of God, absolutely not Christian and is definitely definitely a cult and as we know any cult has one uh, main thing well a couple different main things but I would say for sure one main thing always keeping the same thing the main thing is um, the denial of Jesus Christ as being the not only the only way to heaven but being our Savior full stop period and what I'm seeing more and more of is this ecumenical syncretism. Uh, this idea that, you know, um, you can believe different things soteriologically, meaning uh, the doctrine of um, salvation. You can believe different things soteriologically, but we can all sing Kumbaya because we agree on a few things concerning Jesus. Um, and 
That's absolutely not possible. Uh, John 14, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through the Son. Not Mary, not the Pope, not some other dead so-called saint, not through any other method, not by works, Ephesians 2, lest any man should boast. It's by faith through grace. That's it, period. Okay, it is so simple, a child can understand it, and they do, unless they've been indoctrinated by this cult. And the cult that we're going to go uh, go ahead and get into tonight, and I'm probably going to lose a few people concerning this, because to be perfectly honest, you've probably been seduced to some degree yourself, or you've perhaps, you know, not to be mean by any stretch of the imagination, but just to be honest with you, probably been um, sort of lulled to sleep, like much of the church concerning this cult, and uh that cult that I'm talking about is, of course, the Roman Catholic Church, the whore herself. And um, you say, well, Chris, that's pretty harsh, man. What's going on? Why are you being so hypercritical? Um, no, folks, I'm just really, honestly, uh, getting really saddened, not angry or irritated anymore so much as just saddened that nobody seems to have discernment anymore. And, you know, this is one of those things that is just, discernment 101 um you know if anyone anyone comes to you with another gospel let him be accursed i don't care if an angel from heaven brings you this so-called gospel it's not from god simple as that it's another gospel and the roman catholic church absolutely has another gospel i don't care if they're charismatic i don't care if they disagree with the pope on a few things I don't care if they if they espouse even something a little closer to Protestantism in some respects. They do not hold to the most basic of truths soteriologically concerning how one is able to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and go to heaven. Uh, they practice necromancy. They literally practice necromancy. They believe the dead can can save them they literally believe that if they light enough candles for dead people or if they rub enough rosaries or if they say enough hell marys or our fathers or whatever the case this is religion by the way folks this is religion not pure and undefiled religion like james talks about no this is the religion that leads you to hell very bluntly put leads you to hell just as much as islam just as much as buddhism just as much as uh, Jehovah's Witness or Mormon, this religion will lead you to hell. And the fact that you have people like Rick Warren, which is not any kind of a, a good source of uh, anything concerning Christianity, um, believes that it's okay to, once again, syncretism, right, ecumenicism, that Islam, or what they're now calling Chrislam, Christianity and Islam, it, it can join hands because they espouse a few similarities concerning um, belief system, which we really don't uh, soteriologically. Once again, back to the point, that's the main point. Um, that we can join hands and just sing kumbaya. I'm sorry, folks, that is absolutely not the case. Now, Dave Hunt, God rest him, he's with our father now uh, in heaven, put up a really good fight for about a good 15, 20 years, maybe 30 years, uh, before he uh, went home to his uh, reward about uh, oh, almost 10 years ago now. It's been a while since he's been home with the Lord. 
put up a really good fight and put out a DVD and a book, and it's on YouTube, you can find it, called A Woman Rides the Beast, concerning Roman Catholicism. I highly recommend you guys look that up. It's free. It is free. It doesn't get much better than that. There's literally absolutely no excuse to give your Roman Catholic friends or relatives a pass when it comes concerning um, their standing before the Lord God Almighty. Uh, their standing uh, before uh, Judgment Day. Uh, and their standing concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it says to all of us. And so one of the main things that he really goes off on is not just the Roman Catholicism is um, another cult or whatever, another um, a wannabe Christian uh, cult for that matter, um, but that historically they've never, not only never been Christian, they've been straight up pagan straight up pagan, building their so-called churches over pagan sites so that they could draw in pagans and then tell them that it's okay, to, that they don't need to disconnect or let go of their pagan beliefs and they can just syncretism, syncretize their beliefs with uh, some uh, bastardized version of Christianity. And that's why you get the worship of the dead. That's why you get the worship of idols, idolatry within the Roman Catholic Church, because that's what paganism does, worships idols. Uh, read your Old Testament, folks. Isaiah 47, 48 has a lot to say about what God thinks about those things. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, but to the point here, what's even bigger than that is <clears throat> the Roman Catholic system may very well be the Antichrist system uh, in the end times, and the false prophet or possibly even the Antichrist may very well come through it. And there's quite a bit of evidence to back this up. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of that evidence to you tonight, and uh, hopefully it blesses you, and uh, will give you a little bit of ammunition uh, not to shoot down your Roman Catholic friends and relatives, but to, if nothing else, poke holes in their false theology, to poke holes in their balloon, that they feel very inflated and proud of their so-called traditions. Um, and I see, you know, Facebook... Uh, comments through good brothers and sisters in Christ who are debating these folks. And, you know, most of them, I'll be per perfectly honest with you, they're not going to listen. They really don't care what you have to say concerning the gospel. They're pretty hung up on their pride and they're proud of their so-called traditions, their man-made traditions, which Paul obviously tells us uh, from the Word of God are absolutely availed to nothing. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we need to, to bring them the gospel first and foremost uh, that their works will absolutely avail them nothing. And some of them will say, well, we don't believe works save us. Okay, right. But the thing is, do you believe that uh, the Pope, as he claims to be as the vicar of Christ or Christ on earth, do you believe that the Pope can forgive sins? Do you believe that you find favor with dead people? Do you believe that Mary is a co-redemptrix with Jesus? Uh, do you believe that you can light candles or rosaries or rub rosaries and say Our Father and, and, and Hail Marys and believe that somehow this has some effect on God for favor? Uh, do you believe in purgatory, even though that bastardized uh, doctrine was thrown out technically uh, about 10 to 15 years ago now? Uh, nonetheless, what's completely true for people thinking that they were giving money to the church and getting their uh, relatives out of hell, right? Um, but I don't remember them giving any money back because of that, do you? Uh, do you believe in all the things the Roman Catholic Church has done over the years? Such as martyring uh, the Waldensians and Albigensians in the French Alps uh, because they did not want to belong to the Roman Catholic Church? Uh, and all that's been done in Ireland 
for the Roman Catholics as well through the Roman Catholics. And you go, oh yeah, Chris, but look what, look what the uh, the, the so-called Protestant Christian Church has done in Ireland and a, and a number of other places. Hey, you know what? You're right. But here's the deal. Just like I told a, a, a brother at a Bible study the other night, and like I've heard many times, you do not judge a doctrine by its detractors or a worldview by its detractors. You judge a worldview or a, a philosophy or a religion by its substance and by its doctrine, its original doctrine, and then you make up your mind from there. Because when you do this, you can point to the absolute, not the person, not the, the uh, counterfeit version of the thing to which you're trying to um, effectually dissolve, right? And prove a point uh, concerning the bastardized thing to which they claim to be following. So, for instance, you have different sects within Islam. Uh, you have some uh, areas of Islam that obviously are are going to be liberal versions of Islam. They really just believe in, you know, a few uh, things concerning the way that they uh, would hold to Sharia law or, you know, they believe in the prayer three times a day and, and uh, you know, they don't believe in the whole <clears throat> the whole thing concerning the, the Quran or the Hadith or a number of other things. But, uh, you know, when you call them on these things, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, but we don't hold to that. That's not the point. You may not hold to it, but the fact is that means you yourself are not are not um, consistently following your own world world uh, worldview, your own belief system, uh, which says that obviously it's okay to push homosexuals off roofs apparently uh, in various Middle Eastern countries uh, that believes women can be killed um, uh, simply for disobeying their husband. Um, that they could take child wives, like Muhammad did. Things to this effect, right? Well, within the Roman Catholic Church, you don't get too far down the road when you start to discovering things like the Vatican II and the doctrines it pronounces are pretty blatantly unbiblical. And yet, and yet, dear listener, you have from the pulpit many, many perhaps well-meaning, uh, including pastors that I've sat under, pronouncing the Roman Catholic Church or people in the Roman Catholic Church are saved. Well, dear listener, <clears throat> if they're saved, they need to come out of the whore of Babylon. They need to come out of that whore and worship the true and living God and repent of their idolatry. Because if they don't, then I dare say um, they're headed to hell about as much as anyone in, the, in Islam or Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness uh, or even, quite possibly, most Seventh-day Adventists, dual covenant theology, or Hebrew Roots Movement, uh, the Neo-Galatianists of our, of our time, who apparently haven't read Galatians, and what the Word of God says about them, believing the law can save them, or that they can add unto Christ's work. Um, you know, it's like I've heard it said, you know, um, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you will believe anything. And what that means is, you will believe literally anything, no matter how crazy. And I believe it's G.K. Chesterton who said that. But the point being is, ironically, a Roman Catholic. Um, who apparently didn't even get the notion of his own the own meaning uh, concerning his own uh, crazy beliefs himself. But the point is, yes, there are many good writers, authors, and various other people who have come. And by good, I mean, you know, relatively good concerning context or context. Uh, to which we would say they've done a good work. 
uh, you know, humanistically. Uh, but I can guarantee you one thing, they didn't do it under the Lord because the Lord doesn't accept their works. Uh, because the Word says, do all things unto Christ. Do all things unto the Lord, and he will prosper you. Not do all things unto Mary. Not do all things unto, uh, you know, dead so-called saints, etc. Do all things unto the Lord. Now, people will say this usual quip. Oh, well, you don't know their heart, Chris. You don't know what they really believe or where they're really at. No, I don't need to because I don't need to judge them uh, by uh, their heart, so to speak. Rather, I judge them by the doctrine to which they believe, uh, which is why Paul exhorted Timothy to guard his doctrine with his life. And as Tozer said, what a man thinks about God is the most important thing about that man because everything he thinks about God uh, will flow through his life. And if you think that God uh, is uh, only uh, going to love you uh, concerning how well you do works for him or how many offerings you give him, uh, etc., uh, then you don't know the God of the Bible. Uh, because obviously that's been done away with. You need to go read your Bible and you need to read Romans and you need to read Galatians um, apart from the Roman Catholic um presuppositions and the Roman Catholic uh, Vatican II and so forth. Um, anyway, so to get a little bit more to the point here, concerning doctrinally speaking, this the reason this is such a big deal is what eventually this will become. And being that we are indefinitely, as far as I'm concerned, and I can tell from the Word of God, Matthew 24 and so forth, are absolutely in the end times. Um, if there is a great falling away taking place, you don't want to get caught up in this, folks. And uh, you want to definitely be um, putting on your discernment glasses, so to speak, and take off your rose-colored glasses because it's about to get really bumpy when it can, comes to more demonic uh, influence within the United States and various other places around the world. And we've already seen what this last pope has done, right? This new pope who's probably going to retire pretty soon. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, right? Like, absolutely. But I would definitely, the way things are going... Uh, I'm not going to say it's a prophecy or anything weird like that, but I would almost guarantee the next Pope is probably pretty likely to be either the Antichrist or the false prophet. Um, just saying, as far as the culmination of so many things going on right now, <clears throat> everything's lining up from Russia to what's going on in Israel and uh, the Leviathan there and the hook in the jaw for Magog and, and that whole scenario there with uh, Ezekiel 38 and 37. So you've got that lining up. Uh, you've got Israel and everything lining up there concerning various aspects of what's going on in Israel. You've got America turning its back on Israel. I mean, really, once the temple's built, the third temple, I mean, we're pretty much right on track at this point. The third temple apparently is about to be built apparently within probably the next couple of years, I would say, if not sooner. Plus, you've got Agenda 2030 going on uh, concerning the tech technocratic, um, <clears throat> technocratic globalism that's getting ready to take over through Klaus Schwab and his cronies. So you've got a number of things falling in place right now concerning eschatology. I mean, the study of uh, the last things, uh, Matthew 24 once again, and all that falling into place. And so you just got a number of things falling in place. And so I'm going to go ahead and be a little bit bold. And I'm going to say, watch what happens with the Roman Catholic Church. Watch it closely. Because once again, all these hireling cowards uh, in the pulpits are basically pushing for syncretism and I've heard it way too many times. And you need to call out your pastors and really ask them, what do you mean that you believe Roman Catholics are Christian? Or what do you mean you believe that there are some saved uh, Christians in the Roman Catholic Church? And ask them what they mean by that. And then explain to them 
what they believe concerning to in order to even stay in the Roman Catholic Church, what they have to believe, and uh, if that they could truly be saved within that same religious paradigm. Uh, because I just don't believe you can. I'm sorry. And it's not my opinion. It's what the Word of God says. John 14, once again. Okay, no co-redemptrix, no Mary, no dead saints, so-called saints, or any other thing will save you. It is simply through Jesus Christ. So either you're calling God a liar, or your 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 sympathies are, are for the devil, quite honestly. And so I'm going to read a little bit of what uh, Dave Hunt had to say about this concerning in the end times. And a woman rides the beast. He goes on to say, A woman rides the beast, and the woman is a city built on seven hills that reigns over the kings of the earth. <clears throat> Was ever in all history such a statement made? John immediately equates the reader's acceptance of this revelation with wisdom. We dare not pass over such a disclosure casually. It merits our careful and prayerful attention. Here is no mystical or allegorical language, but an unambiguous statement in plain words. Quote, the woman is that great city. Unquote. There is no justification for seeking some other hidden meaning. Yet books have been written and sermons preached insisting that Mystery Babylon is United States. That is clearly not the case, for the United States is a country, not a city. One might <clears throat> justifiably refer to the United States as Sodom considering the honor now given to homosexuals, but it is definitely not the Babylon that John sees in this vision. The woman is a city. Furthermore, she is a city built on seven hills. That specification eliminates ancient Babylon. Only one city has for more than 2,000 years now been known as the city on seven hills. This city is Rome. The Catholic Encyclopedia states, this is from their own encyclopedia, quote, it is within the city of Rome, called the city of what, dear listener, seven hills, that the entire area of Vatican State proper is now confined. There are, of course, other cities, such as Rio de Janeiro, that are also built on seven hills. Therefore, John provides at least seven more characteristics to limit the identification to Rome alone. We will examine each one in detail in subsequent chapters. However, as a preview of where we are going, we will list them now and discuss each one briefly. As we shall see, there is one, only one city on the earth which is both historical and contemporary perspectives, passes every test John gives, including its identification as Mystery Babylon. That city is Rome, and more specifically, Vatican City. Even Catholic apologists such as Carl Keating admits that Rome has long been known as Babylon. Keating claims that Peter's statement, quote, the church here in Babylon sends you her greeting, unquote. <clears throat> from 1 Peter 5.13, proves that Peter was writing from Rome. He explains further, quote, Babylon is a code word for Rome. It is used that way six times in the last book, the Bible, for the six, uh, excuse me, four of the six are in chapter 17 and 18, and uh, extra biblical works such as sibling, uh, sibling oracles, um, the Apocalypse of Baruch, and uh, as well as four, uh, four Esdras, and Eusebius Pamphilius, writing about 303, noted, and it, quote, said, Peter's first epistle was composed at Rome itself, and that he himself indicates this, referring to the city figuratively as, quote, Babylon. As for mystery, the name imprinted on the woman's forehead is the perfect designation for Vatican City. Mystery is at the very heart of Roman Catholicism, from the words Mysterium Fide, 
pronounced at alleged transformation of the bread and wine into the literal body and blood of Christ, the enigmatic apparitions of Mary around the world. Every sacrament from baptism to extreme unction manifests the mysterious power which the faithful must believe the priest wield, but for which there is no visible evidence. Rome's new catechism explains the liturgy, quote, aims to initiate souls into the mystery of Christ. It is uh, uh, mystagogy, uh, and that all of the church's liturgy is mystery. So when we look back here, folks, from the quote to which we're talking about, Dave Hunt writing about this, of course, that every sacrament from baptism to extreme unction manifests the mysterious power which the faithful must believe the priest wield. So they believe three things here, okay, that are rather interesting, that blind the hearts of Roman Catholics, and they cannot be Roman Catholic apart from believing this. They literally believe in cannibalism. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? They believe in cannibalism. Okay, that is paganism. And how do I say that? Well, let's let's read this again. They believe in the alleged transformation of the bread and wine into the literal, that means actual body and blood of Christ in the enigmatic apparitions of Mary around the world. They literally believe that taking the elements, the wine and the bread, is literally feasting on Jesus Christ's flesh and on and drinking his actual blood that some sort of magic spell essentially is performed by the priest who has given this power and only he can do it or the pope etc to turn it into a cannibal feast you heard me folks that's literally what they teach it's not me being uh, a little extra about it or me being uh, hypercritical they literally believe that okay read it for yourself look it up for yourself i'm sure they'll try and deny it in some in some way but that's quite only because they're ignorant um, but that is literally what they teach. Now, who's the whore? Well, the first thing we are told about the woman is that she is a whore. Okay, Revelation 17:1, that earthly kings have committed fornication, with her verse, uh, her in verse two, and that all the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Why would a city be called a whore and be accused of having committed fornication with kings? Well, such an indictment would never be made of London or Moscow or Paris or any other ordinary city. It wouldn't make sense. Fornication and adultery are used in the Bible both for physical and the spiritual sense. Of Jerusalem, God said, How has the faithful city become a harlot? Isaiah 121. Israel, whom God set apart from all other peoples to be holy for his purposes, had entered in into unholy adulterous alliances with the idol-worshipping nations about her, she said, quote, committed adultery with stones and with stocks or idols. That's what it tells us in Jeremiah 3.9. And with their idols have their committed adultery, Ezekiel 23.37. The entire chapter of Ezekiel 16 explains Israel's spiritual adultery in detail both with heathen nations and with their false gods as do many other passages. There is no way that a city could engage in literal fleshly fornication. Thus, we can only conclude that John, like the prophets in the Old Testament, is using the term in its spiritual sense. The city, therefore, must claim a spiritual relationship with God. Otherwise, such an allegation would be meaningless. Though it is built on seven hills, there would be no reason to accuse Rio de Janeiro of spiritual fornication. It makes no claim of having a special relationship with God. And through Jerusalem has that relationship 
and cannot be the woman riding on the beast, for it is not built on seven hills, nor does it meet the other criteria by which this woman is to be identified. Against only one other city in history could a change of fornication be leveled. That city is Rome, and more specifically Vatican City. She claims to have been the worldwide headquarters of Christianity since the beginning and maintains that claim to this day. Her pope enthroned in Rome claims to be an exclusive representative of God and vicar of Christ. Rome is the Catholic headquarters of Roman Catholic Church, and is that, and in that, too, she is unique. Numerous churches, of course, are headquartered in cities, but only one city is the headquarters of a church. The Mormon Church, for example, is, uh, for example, is headquartered in Salt Lake City, but there is much more to Salt Lake City than the Mormon Church. Not so with Vatican City. It is the heartbeat of the Roman Catholic Church, and nothing else. She is a spiritual entity that could very well be accused of spiritual fornication if she did not remain true to Christ. Now, when we think about this, folks, the spiritual fornication that we're talking about here is in respect to what has now become a pretty regular thing concerning the Roman Catholic Church, and that's the whole syncretism thing. If you watch A Woman Rides the Beast, um, uh, the, the DVD that Dave Hunt put out on uh, YouTube, you can once again watch it for free. He'll show you a part in that video uh, where you literally see like 20, 30 different religions from around the world come to Vatican City, to Rome, and they all offer up worship right there in the middle of Vatican City as if they all join hands in a sort of globalist, get this, one world religion, one world religion, where do we know that from? Oh, that's right in Revelations, right? Where it talks about one world monetary system, one world religion, one world government, right? Um, is all going to be put together in the end times. Well, the Roman Catholic Church has no problem with syncretism or ecumenicism. And the fact that we have ignorant, hireling cowards from our pulpits um, and seeker-friendly churches and many others uh, pronouncing that Roman Catholics are saved is an absolute terrifying setup for failure. One, because we're not going to get out there and evangelize them like we should everybody else right or enough or at the very least love them enough to pray for them right but no we're just going to continue watching people and the great falling away matthew 24 talks about continue to fall right into the thirst trap of syncretism right into the coward's trap of syncretism and ecumenicism believing that they are christians as well and this is an absolute farce it's satanic it's an absolute delusion according to the word of god these people do not uh, follow Jesus Christ. It is really that simple, folks. They have a false belief. Okay? Now, here's the thing, okay? When we get a little bit further into this, not only does Rome, uh, Rome's Pope call himself the Vicar of Christ, but the church he, uh, he heads claims to be the one true church and the Bride of Christ. Isn't that ironic, right? Christ's Bride, whose hope is to join her Bridegroom in Heaven, is to have no earthly ambitions, yet the Vatican is obsessed with earthly enterprise, as history proves, and in furtherance of these goals it has been exactly as John foresaw in his vision, engaged in adulterous relationships with the kings of the earth. That fact is acknowledged even by Catholic historians. Christ said to his disciples, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. John fifteen nineteen. The Catholic Church, however, is very much of this world, 
where popes have built an uh, unrivaled worldwide empire of property, wealth, and influence. Nor is empire building an abandoned feature of the past. We have already seen that Vatican II, which is their book, right, to which they derive their doctrine from, clearly states that the Roman Catholic Church today still ceaselessly seeks to bring under its control all mankind and all their goods. Popes have long claimed dominion over the world and its peoples. Pope Gregory uh, X is Papal Bull of 1372, and his Koenia Domini claimed Papal dominion over the entire Christian world, secular and religious, and excommunicated all who failed to obey the popes uh, and to pay them uh, taxes. And in Kona was confirmed by subsequent popes in 18 or excuse me in 1568 Pope Pius V swore that it was to remain an eternal law. Pope Alexander VI 1492 to 1503 claimed that all undiscovered lands belonged to the Roman uh, pontiff for him to dispose of as he pleased in the name of Christ and his vicar King John II of Portugal was convinced that in his bull a Romanist Pontifex, the Pope, had granted all that Columbus discovered exclusively to him and his country, Ferdinand and Isabel of Spain, however, thought the Pope had given the same lands uh, to them. In May 1493, the Spanish-born Alexander VI issued three bulls to settle the dispute. In the name of Christ, who had no place on this earth, this, uh, excuse me, that he called his own, an incredibly evil uh, Borgia Pope, claiming to own the world, drew a north-south line down the global map of that day, giving everything on the east to the Portugal and on the west to Spain. Thus, by papal grant, out of the uh, plenitude of apostolic power, Africa went to Portugal and the American Americas to Spain. When Portugal succeeded, in reaching India and Malaya, and Malaya, they secured the confirmation of these discoveries from the papacy. There was a condition, of course, to the intent to bring the inhabitants to profess the Catholic faith. It was largely central to, in South America, which, as a consequence of this unholy alliance between church and state, had Roman Catholicism forced upon them by the sword and remained Catholic to this day. North America, with the exception of Quebec and Louisiana, uh, was spared the dominance of Roman Catholicism because it was settled largely by Protestants. Not, uh, nor have the descendants of Aztecs, Incas, and Mayans forgotten their Roman Catholics priest, backed by the secular sword, gave their ancestors the choice of conversion, which often meant slavery or death. They made such an outcry when John Paul II, in recent visit to Latin America, proposed elevating Junipero Serra a major uh, 18th century enforcer of Catholicism among the Indians, to sainthood, that the Pope was forced to hold the ceremony in secret. Christ said, My kingdom is not of this world, otherwise my servants would fight. The Popes, however, have fought with armies and navies in the name of Christ to build a huge kingdom, which is very much uh, this world, and amass their earthly empire that have repeatedly engaged in spiritual fornication with emperors, kings, and princes. Claiming to be the Bride of Christ and the Roman Catholic Church has been in bed with godless rulers down through history, and these adulterous relationships continue to this day. The spiritual fornication with the documented in detail later. Now, folks, I'm just going to lay down a little bit. I'm not going to go into the whole complete thing tonight. I just, I don't have time. And the most important thing is, I'm just really quite honestly trying to make a few points. 
I might go into this again in another podcast. Possibly the, the I might even make a, a second part to this one. But I really believe just even with the facts to which I've just given you should be more than enough to avoid this this satanic delusion uh, known as the Roman Catholic Church. And to once again give no quarter uh, concerning uh, those who call themselves Roman Catholics around us. Give them no quarter concerning allowing them to be called Christian or others to call them Christians because they're not. Roman Catholic Church has always been a bastardized version of Christianity. And there is just no simple way around that. And people will say, oh, well, it's the oldest church. No, folks, it's not the first century church. No, Peter does not hold uh, that Peter was not the first pope. Okay. Um, so the simple truth is um, no king but Christ, first of all. Um, the Pope is never been uh, Christian. Uh, obviously, people aren't stupid. You're, you're thinking probably going to go back to the idea of Constantine, right? And how Constantine and the whole story goes said you will conquer in this symbol, right? And that's where we get the whole P with the cross through it and that whole thing and etc. But what you must understand is um, that Luther was not the first Protestant. And by the way, Protestant just means protest. And the reason they were protesting was against the Roman Catholic Church of its day, especially in all its satanic glory uh, at the time that Luther um, in the 1400s finally uh, got clear of it and started a revolution, essentially, that people could be saved by grace and not by works. Um, and once again was setting people free, along with John Hus before him and uh, the other reformers before him setting people free from uh, the Roman Catholic doctrines, which had quite literally enslaved the world at the time. And uh, not that the uh, Calvinist uh, that came after through Zwingli and Beza and a number of other reformers were much better, to be perfectly honest, in a lot of other ways. Uh, and of course, as we know, Calvinism itself went on to uh, be used through people like Cromwell and Knox and a few other people who, let's just say, weren't exactly all that Christian themselves. Uh, concerning their doctrine, because they got a lot of their doctrine from Augustine, who was, oh, that's right, a Roman Catholic. And before Roman Catholicism was a Mancian, um, was a Mancian himself who took uh, onboarded uh, deterministic presuppositions, which were not Christian themselves either. And it's not just something that we should look over either. It is extremely pagan, uh, these philosophies to which... Um, gave deterministic presuppositions uh, to Calvinism later on through John Calvin um, and Beza and Zwingli uh, and people even like Gottschalk who was around the same time as Cal or around the same time as Augustine who apparently was chased out of town uh, being called a heretic for believing exactly the same beliefs as Augustine but couldn't um, espouse those beliefs why simply because he wasn't Augustine he didn't have the clout that Augustine had at the time but obviously people chase Gottschalk out for bringing these beliefs into these other churches because it wasn't taught in first century Christianity. And this is the whole point, folks, that these people, whether Calvinistic, what we call Calvinism today, or Roman Catholicism, uh, both of which did not uh, have any doctrines um, with a firm foundation from the Bible itself. These, these beliefs were not taught in first century, folks. And I know a lot of us, you know, we're, we're not espousing perfect Christianity by any means. But if you just keep it simple and derive your doctrine from nothing but the word and avoid these unbiblical presuppositions that came in 
way after the first century church, and, and a lot of times even beyond the second and third century church, came in way after. These were men's ideas. And, and, and so my point is we want to avoid these ideas and keep it simple, folks. Let your doctrine, sola scriptura, and the true meaning of it, without Calvin, uh, without the Pope, without uh, 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 Zwingli or a lot of these other guys who took these beliefs, once again from Augustine, without Augustine beliefs, just simply believe the Word of God without those unbiblical presuppositions. Simple as that, folks. Sola Scriptura, true Sola Scriptura. And keep it simple. So, anyway, once again, just I hope <clears throat> this blesses you. I hope this helps you in your apologia to be ready to have an answer for um, anyone who would, who would uh, contemplate um, espousing false beliefs with you and pushing uh, Roman Catholicism or even uh, certain doctrines of Calvinism and so forth, and just being willing to um, tell them the truth. Uh, uh, that, you know, Sola Scriptura, man, the Bible alone, that's it. That's all we believe, the Word of God itself. And to be set free from these uh, man-made doctrines so that they can simply live free of them. Because that's what it's about, libertas. It's about freedom in Christ. But we're not held down by these doctrines. Uh, as you know, um, freeing as they may seem, are are not biblical. It's Christ alone who frees us, and He who He frees from with the truth, with the Word of God, is free indeed. So, anyways, I hope this blesses you guys. Uh, once again, I might do another one uh, just to kind of flesh out a few other things concerning Roman Catholicism. Once again, if you really want a good teaching on this, look up a woman rides the beast, Dave Hunt, on YouTube. You can watch it for free. And uh, by all means, you know, once again, just take that to the bank, man, when it comes to Roman Catholics. Anyways, oh, and then also, if you want another good one by Dave Hunt, What Love Is This? Uh, concerning Calvinism is another really good treatise concerning Calvinism. Of course, you can always look up Latent Flowers. Uh, you can look up a number of other guys uh, who are teaching provisionism, which I believe is far more biblical than Armenianism uh, or Calvinianism, as it were. Um, and uh, hopefully it blesses you. And uh, you can look up what I believe uh, concerning provisionism and uh, the doctrine of provisionism, which I might not, I might uh, do a, a podcast on here pretty soon as well. But uh, and Molinism and a number of other doctrines as well, to which I hold to, which I just believe are simply biblical. And uh, you know, um, just hope that uh, I can further bless you guys with that as well. Anyways, love you guys, Maranatha. See you here, there, or in the air. Thanks for listening. And by all means, please spread the word. Please get this uh, this podcast out there. And uh, may God richly bless you and all that money cannot buy. Love you guys.